It's fun for the whole family. Win Bruce, Saz, or Stabby Babs figures by entering our Gotham Sweetheart Contest. Three chances to win. Follow us at twitch.tv slash universebox, support us at patreon.com slash universebox, or leave a review for any of our podcasts on iTunes. We'll pick the winners on February 14th. Gotham action figures from Diamond Select Toys, available online and at toy stores nationwide. Bring Bring Gotham Gotham to life! Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season two episode of the show titled The Martian Chronicles. But first, let's get to the news. According to Deadline.com, Kevin Sorbo is set to recur as a mysterious new villain on Supergirl. Executive producer Andrew Kreisberg was quoted as saying, quote, Since his days as Hercules, Kevin Sorbo has brought such a strong presence to the screen, and we couldn't be more excited to have him join us on Supergirl. Carly, what are your thoughts about Kevin Sorbo coming on the show? Do you have any speculations about what Hercules is going to be doing? No speculations. I'm excited. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, super dreamy. <laughs> I I have a crush. I definitely had a crush on him back in his Hercules days, even though I was more of a Xena fan. But I always liked their crossover episodes. Uh, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about Kevin Sorbo? I'm interested. I, I have a feeling he's going to. It's. Did they say he's going to be a villain, or did I just assume it? <laughs> no, it, uh, it, 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 it mentions oh, no, him. Mysterious uh, new villain. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what villain that's going to be and how they're going to, um, you know, we- weave him into the show. I don't, uh, like, I never watched her. Like, I would only see, like, little bits and pieces of Hercules. So I have no strong Sorbo feelings either way. Uh, I'm Sorbo neutral. So <laughs> he, he can win me over. Yeah, my fingers are crossed for Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher to be a team somehow because they're both coming on as villains. And I don't know. It just seems like, you know, I mean, this is a little fishy that we got the news of Terry Hatcher playing a villain last week, and now we have news that Kevin Sorbo's playing a villain, and we don't know who they're playing. So I think they are somehow connected, but I don't know. So that's that's just what I'm hoping happens, but I'm open to anything. I, I like Kevin Sorbo. I've seen him in a couple of things, and I think he's a pretty good actor, so I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, we have an update on the musical crossover songs. Um, the song that Grant Gustin will be singing is actually called 
Running Home to You. Uh, the song will be performed in the Flash episode of the crossover entitled Duet, airing Tuesday, March 21st, uh, 8 to 9 on the CW. Yeah, this was my goof up. Apparently the tweet I took this news from uh, was not the completed information for last week. So uh, I just wanted to make sure that we got the correct title out there instead of it being called Runnin' as it was first reported. It's actually called Runnin' Home to You. So uh, that's the updated title for the Flash episode of The Crossover. Um, but that's the uh, the only news we have this week. Just a few little um, bits and pieces there, a little casting news, a little song title news. Uh, but let's get into our discussion of the Season 2 episode of Supergirl titled The Martian Chronicles. Here's the official description. Armek, a white Martian, descends on National City, intent on taking McGann back to Mars to face her punishment as a traitor. Hank and Supergirl determine the best way to keep McGann safe is to bring her to the DEO. However, when it is revealed that Armek shapeshifted into McGann and is now loose in the building, the team realize he could be disguised as any one of them. Um, and I was a little conflicted watching this episode because I heard Supergirl call her McGann, and I thought, I swear I thought she, she previously had called her McGann, so that's why I was calling her McGann. Um, and I know Hank, Jean, calls her McGon, but I feel I, I thought that that was just, you know, David Harewood's kind of, you know, accent coming out. So I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. Should we should we call her McGon? I don't know. This is this is the Kara, the Kara, Kara, Kara thing thing. all over again. Kira. I mean, I'm used to saying McGann, Kira. but now I feel like is this like a Han Solo, Han Solo type situation? Um, I don't know if we have any like consensus on maybe, this. Maybe some questions are never meant to be answered. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's uh, open to your interpretation. Um, but this was a very exciting episode. Lots of action happening inside of the DEO. Um, so, what did everybody think about the White Martian invading and the whole mystery of who was? the uh, shape-shifting Martian. Uh, Carly, what were your thoughts on, on the hunt for the white Martian inside the DEO? So I guess it was kind of a half-bottle episode. Not a whole bottle. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but would it be half-full or half-empty? I was going to ask full. the same thing. So exciting. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. I, I actually started watching a little bit late uh last night because i i had was testing out some recording equipment and to make a long story short I ended up missing like the first 10 15 minutes which i ended up rewatching today um but so it was fun because i literally i started watching it right when everybody was trapped in the deo and they were trying to figure out who who the uh white martian was who, and then we later to come to discover there's not just one, but two. <laughs> so I was like, the second white Martian just calling from inside the house. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was creepy. I liked the scene. Uh, I love the scene where you find out that the first uh, white Martian is impersonating Wynn. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder how much Jeremy Jordan loved getting to do a fight scene with Supergirl. Even though it wasn't really him, but <laughs> getting to like kind of do some action stunts, um, and then uh, and then the scene where they have to just just figure out who the uh, shapeshifter is, and and John's whole uh, fire phobia making a return appearance, 
I felt so bad for him. But then, you know, everybody was like, oh, why isn't he putting his hand to the flame? I'm like, he's afraid of fire. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun, though, and creepy. And we find out Alex is the is, you know, the White Martian is the second one is actually impersonating Alex and which ruins the whole what I thought was a sincere Danvers sister moment <laughs> and I tweeted it and then every and then two minutes later everybody was like it wasn't even her I was like I know this show this well, show is emotionally they manipulative s- <laughs> they still they still interacted she, Alex did remember the right, conversation so it's right. I, I think technically it still happened it kind of counts because she because they they established that they have to maintain a psychic link with whoever they're impersonating in order to maintain the illusion like it kind of counted because alex remembered the conversation after the fact so that's fine but yeah i liked it a lot long story short (laughs) morgan what were your thoughts on the uh the hunt to find out who was impersonating who yeah i liked it a lot i thought it was really creepy like it could be anyone and like I like that the um, I can't remember the names of like the DEO agents that were like stuck there with them. I know one, that we've definitely seen the female one before. Yeah, one Vasquez. is one is yeah, that's Vasquez. Vasquez. I don't know who the other person is. I love. I just loved how Vasquez was like so tired of that guy. She was like, <laughs> seriously, guys, seriously. <laughs> I was on her side. It's Team funny because the actress. <laughs> The actress who plays her does double duty as like a field agent on Agents of Shield too, which is kind of <laughs> funny. So she so she works for That's like the great. DEO and Shield. She's like a professional agent. Right. <laughs> she is busy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like that whole like you don't know who is the the White Martian, and they they're all suspecting each other. Um, and I, I liked, I really liked the reveal that there were actually two of them because I was having a hard time tracking that. Cause I was like, wait, if McGann was the white Martian, then how was Wynn also the white Martian? I don't understand. Right. So, well, so the lights went out. out. Yeah. It, it was a little confusing at first cause they find out that that the McGann that they have is actually the white Martian when the real McGann shows up, then the lights go out, then the lights come back on and McGann is gone. But when somehow gets replaced, but then like, I don't also Alex. I was having a really hard time. I felt like my brain was, was crying. Like I was trying to figure out like, well then when did that? And I, and I didn't rewatch the episode. So I think I feel like rewatching it might help with going like, wait, when did they get replaced? Like, because you would be watching exclusively for that. Yeah. But like the, on the first go through, I was like, what? You're actually not the only person who has that question. I had that question. And we also Thank got God. an email. <laughs> we got an email from a listener named Kaya who wrote, quote, I just have one question. When did the White Martian make the exchange with Wynn? The lights went down for just a second, so there was no time for him to take Wynn, put him in the ceiling, and come back with nobody noticing, even if he had super speed. The other theory is that Wynn was the White Martian the whole time, but that doesn't make sense because Alex was the other White Martian. Besides Alex, Wynn, and fake McGann, we're all in the, in the room at the same time, so the only way for Wynn being a White Martian from the beginning would be if there was a third Martian, which wasn't the case so i'm really confused so um so kaya kaya tried to figure that out as well 
Um, I was I was trying to figure that out because I was like, but how how did the white Martians like put them in the little weird, creepy, gross like webs? I don't know when they had time to do that. And it was really interesting <laughs> because in the second watch, I didn't notice it when I was live tweeting, but when I watched it a second time, I noticed like it goes from a scene where Alex is with Maggie and. Alex's apartment. She's wearing her bare naked lady shirt. And then Okay, and- so this is the second thing that really, really irritated me. And I'm glad that you caught that as so, well. <laughs> so she's like, I really I feel I feel guilty about this stuff with Cara and her Earth birthday. And Maggie's like, Well, you should go talk to her. And so Alex leaves in her bare naked lady shirt. And then the next scene you see Alex in her full black DEO uniform. And I'm like, wait, do they do they not let him in the building if they don't have I know, to you? Know? I know, but that and then we circle back around to that email we got like last week or the week before, where they're like, D- do you notice that Win is the only one who doesn't ever have a, a uniform? It's like if she has to like, because she was telling Maggie, uh, you know, I'm just gonna stop t- talk to my sister and then I'll I'll be right, you know, I'll meet you at the concert. So why would she go to the DEO, change into her like super soldier suit and then what change back into her bare naked lady shirt and leave? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was just a weird transition to get them to the DEO. And then there's the whole like, how did the white Martians trap them in the webs? And it, yeah, I that was like the weakest part of the episode for me is the, the Unless, getting you to that premise, to that setup. If they had uh, gotten her out of the web and it turned out she was wearing the bare naked leaf. Yes. And like that would have made yes. it would have been, been a plot point. <laughs> right. Then you, realize, then you realize it's been the Martian the whole time. Right. At the from the beginning when she's walking with Kara into the D.E.O. Yeah, that would have mm-hmm. been a little stronger yeah. is my theory. Is my theory somehow is that 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 Alex was the white Martian from the beginning of that scene, and then somehow the other one changes from McGannon to Win. I think. I, I, I think could I could buy into how that. I, that's there, how I try to make sense of it. <laughs> yeah, there might there might be a deleted scene in the future showing um, Alex with her bare naked lady shirt on getting to the DEO and being kidnapped or something. Those are my two biggest pet peeves of that whole episode. (laughs) I'm so glad that you guys also that like bothered you. I was like, why is this bothering me? What is wrong with me? Who have I become? (laughs) No, it was very confusing and you have to, you have to buy into the premise that the white Martian can shape shift into them, but then you have to also buy into the, the, the real people are hidden somewhere and how did they get in? So yeah, it's, that can be really confusing. Um, that is not even a weird thing to worry about. It was very confusing. Um, but yeah, I thought the whole, the, the sequences that happened within the DEO in that bottle part of the episode were pretty awesome. The fight sequences, like we joked last week about how bottle episodes are usually those episodes where they may have blown some money on some effects or whatever in their budget. So now they need a, an, an episode where they kind of take a break from going all out. And I was like, no, that's not what they did here because they, <laughs> they still had Martians fighting Martians and Supergirl fighting Martians and Supergirl fighting Wen and Alex. Like, I don't really think they took a breather from their budget. I feel like it was like, you know, maybe, maybe they spent a little more cash on this one. Uh, so I thought that was really uh, funny because that seemed to be sort of the antithesis of a bottle <laughs> bottle episode in terms of budget. But I thought the fight sequences were awesome. 
And I liked the little touch when the when uh, the White Martian is is found out as as Magan, and the lights kind of go out and flicker. And I thought I thought that was all really really well done. So um, I I just was kind of crying over the DEO monitors. You know that that's a lot of money. They caused <laughs> they caused a lot of damage. Those were some really nice monitors and. That's a real, and, and I mean, that's a real and, the, shame. and and didn't they 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 damaged all the did they damage any of the monitors when they they uh, burst through in the flash the the last episode? Oh, was that in, in the, the cat co moniker? Yeah, the, so the monitors. I'm like two episodes behind on the flash, but I know about that. And but you know <laughs> those those monitors at Catco they they're all the time getting into trouble. Villains are that's taking true. them over. That's true. The the DEO ones though, yeah, they were much bigger, <laughs> and they, that's a lot of damage. But maybe they have you know emergency replacements for those kinds of things. Uh, but yeah, that that was kind of um, I, I think for me the the most uh, fun I had watching this episode were the fight sequences in this section. And I my question that bothered me the most was that when they're trying to figure out who the white Martian is, you know, they, they finally decide, okay, we're going to put everybody in front of, in front of a flame and that will determine who the Martian is. And I was like, well, can't, I mean, why can't Supergirl just x-ray them and find like Martian biology or whatever that, you know, some weird Martian bones or something in the x-ray. I thought that was weird. Nobody mentioned that. But maybe there was some reason that she couldn't x-ray them. I don't know. Uh, that was just my question. I feel like for whatever reason, Martian sometimes Martian powers and Kryptonian powers cancel each other out. Maybe. Like because we've heard about like how Martian Manhunter can't use his psychic abilities on Superman before. So maybe there's something where they can't like it doesn't work. So <laughs> so maybe X-ray vision from a Kryptonian wouldn't be able to see through. I, I can maybe I don't buy know. it. But, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, mm, that could maybe have been explained. Because that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, just, X, just x-ray them. That's what x-rays are for, to see inside your body. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Kara's, like, little side-eye to Jean for uh, lining the walls of the DEO with lead was one of my favorite just little moments. <laughs> yeah, he, he, <laughs> he was, was like, great. well, someone decided to put <laughs> lead in the walls, so... <laughs> yeah, he, I think he was regretting that decision. Uh, but I, I guess he did that because he had a little beef with Superman before, so I don't know if that was connected to that whole situation. But, uh, yeah, I really, I mean, the fight between Supergirl and Wynn was awesome, and then we got another showdown between Supergirl and, like, a uh, kind of a faux Alex. Was, yeah, that was all pretty cool. I, I enjoyed all that stuff. Um, and since this episode was very heavily focused on Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian, what did everybody think about Magan in this episode? Because she, she had a big thing with, you know, we found out she had a husband that she was mated to that nobody had known about previously. And then at the end of the episode, she decides she's going to leave, which was really sad. Um, so what did everybody think about Magan in this episode? Carly, what are your thoughts? Feeling John needs a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I was Aww. like, can I give him a hug after this? Um I saw a lot of people talking about their relationship and how it's like, it's weird because I always kind of saw Jean and McGann as like a really good French, a solid friendship. 
And I saw people going like, oh, I hope it doesn't become romantic. Like, I hope it doesn't, you know, become a relationship like that. And um, I think that's one of the issues with like, they kind of aged up the character a little bit from the comics. Because in the comics, she's more like of a teenager, you know, young adult age. And so there it's more of like a mentorship. And, you know, with this, it kind of felt like maybe it was a little more of a gray area because she was played by an older actress. But I'm glad the show didn't didn't have them like be like, oh, I love you. You know, I mean, I think I think he cares about her. And it's interesting because I almost feel like their connection is on a deeper level than a kind of romantic love especially because now we know they share memories. Like he gave his memories to her. And then it seemed like at the end that they kind of had a little, like almost a Martian mind meld moment. Like when they touched foreheads, it's like, I feel like they're saying, there's probably saying a lot of things to each other that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I liked, I liked that part. Cause it seemed like it was, it was like a special moment for just the two of them before she left. It was so. like, it was like the end of lost in translation. You don't, know right, they, exactly. you don't know what they said to yeah. each other. You don't know. And I feel like they probably said a lot that, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't understand. But that, but I, but I'm glad that they didn't go the route of, you know, cause there's this, there was a scene earlier where he was like, I care very much about you. And like, I didn't anticipate that I would. And I saw some people were saying things like, and I don't think it helps. I think like the official writer's, Twitter was like, do we ship it? Yeah, and I'm like, I saw that. No, no, we don't. <laughs> not like that. Like, I want, you know, I was like, intense friendship is good. I'm I'm here for that. I don't, it doesn't need to be romantic. And I think that they they didn't go that way. So for me, it worked, it worked better to have it be just a intense, an intense and lovely friendship. Morgan, what are your thoughts about uh, Magan and, and Jean and and her and ultimately leaving? I kind of did ship it. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, I love you guys. I think it's just because I uh, I, I just find the, the Martian Manhunter character so sad. Uh, he just seems very lonely, and it was so nice that he had somebody who under like really understood him and understood where he came from and his whole struggle. So I was like well, maybe they could make it work. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really, I mean, I, like Carly said, it was, I liked that he had somebody that he could like connect with on that level. And I thought that, that the, all the episodes this season that have sort of dealt with that, with the two of them have been really lovely. And uh, I'm really sad that she's, that she's going actually. I, I'm really sad that she's not going to be, I guess, at least for the time being, she's not going to be on the show. Um, and maybe she won't ever come back to the show um, because I thought that she was like such an intriguing character. And we had kind of only, I felt like only brushed the surface with her. I think we had only sort of, we didn't really get a lot of her character in like everyday life. Like we have gotten with a lot of the other characters, all of like most of the time when we saw her character, it was when she was dealing with crazy Martian stuff or when she was, you know, pretending to be a green Martian or when we found out she was a white Martian, like we never really saw her just like chill out and hang out with people. Uh, so I feel like as, as much as I like that character, like we, there are probably aspects of her personality. We never even really got to see, like what does McGann look like when she's just like kicking back and like, not like 
not running away from a giant white Martian. Uh, I I would like to see that version of the character. It's 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 really a shame actually that she's she's off the show. But I do think I mean I mean we talked about it a lot. I think in the last episode that like the show has gotten very crowded this season. Um, and so while I was really sad that she was leaving, and I do feel like she was underutilized, I did kind of feel like well okay maybe the other characters get a little bit more time now uh i do feel like they they went a little overboard in the beginning of the season like kind of just throwing everybody at the uh at the season and they kind of realized maybe that they had to scale it back i don't know if it was a story decision or if the actress just wasn't available but i was sad to see her go i really liked her and i thought that there were interesting ways that they could have went with the character especially after you know all of these episodes sort of established her backstory and i would have liked to see what that character was like moving forward, like how she would maybe contribute to the story or how she would contribute to maybe like the DEO or the alien bar, the unnamed alien bar. <laughs> uh, I mean, a shout out to the unnamed alien bar. She's probably more conscientious than mon She was like, tell the bar I'm not going to be in for my shift. I'm going to be a fighter on Mars. Also, mon is, is like, ah, I'm off to lunch with my new girlfriend. What's a shift? Oh, man. My favorite, one of my favorite random scenes was when she told the nameless alien uh last one and you're cut off uh after handing him a bottle or a a can of whipped cream yeah (laughs) (laughs) he was doing like i don't think he was doing like whippets but he was like he was was, like getting drunk on whipped cream and it was one of the funniest little just a visual gag um, that i've ever seen (laughs) i love that and for a second i thought it was brian and i was like brian you scamp and then i realized it wasn't (laughs) no i know i got excited for a minute wouldn't it be funny he gets drunk off of whipped cream (laughs) that that would be the best brian fact that that would be that would fit right in with his character i think the little we know about him that makes sense um, but yeah, I think that's the kind of stuff, Morgan, that you're you're talking about that I wish I had seen more of that from her. And I, I, I do think it's unfortunate that she's leaving now because I've gotten attached to her over the past couple of times we've seen her. And I do think that there was a lot more that they could have uh, dug out of the character and shown us more of her past and her connection with Jean. And, and I agree, he does seem very lonely and it's probably very nice for him to have someone who is you know, there who understands his past and, you know, his culture and all of that. And I, I do think it's it's sad and it, it was very emotional that she said goodbye and it actually kind of upset me. I was like, no, don't go. I don't want you to go. Because I think that there was so much more that they could have done with her. Um, and I, I don't know if, if it's an actor commitment or if she needed to go for budgetary. I don't know. I don't know. But I... I do like at least that they gave her a noble reason for leaving. She says that she is going back to Mars to help other white Martians, you know, find their capacity to change and do the right thing and, and to be a good example for them. So I, th- I thought a- even if she had to leave, at least she was going to try to be a hero and try to do something to help other people. So I thought that was very uh, in character for her. Uh, the only thing I thought was really weird is that when Jean says goodbye to her, he says goodbye, Miss Martian. And I was like, has he called her that before? 
So it's the first time we've heard. Uh, or was I that in the cage? Her that at the fight in the Fight Club. Okay, okay. I, I couldn't remember if that was something with roulette or not. Um, I think it was a roulette. Yeah, that seems Nick, that seems right. Yeah. I don't know if it was one that McGann gave herself and then, or if it was one roulette came up with in one of her clever moments. <laughs> well, you know, roulette's very showy. That was probably something she, she came up with. Um, I'll, I'll credit roulette that, uh, for that name for now. And the only thing that also kind of bothered me about the, the broad spectrum of seeing Jean and, and McGann or McGann, if you will, um, together is that they always seem to have these really emotional scenes in the alley that's been you know spray paint walls have been spray painted and they're like standing next to a trash dumpster and i'm like okay can they have a nice scene where they're not standing next to a dumpster i I feel like (laughs) i feel like that the show owes them something a little classier than a scene next to a dumpster. So I, I really, I was like, oh, really, we're in a scene in the alley again? Come on, guys. Uh, so hopefully if Miss Martian comes back, she won't have to have all of her scenes in a dark alley next to a dumpster. Um, that's just my wish for her. Um, so we'll see what happens if she comes back. Hopefully she will come back at some point in the series. And uh, another big emotional part of this episode uh, were, were the scenes between Kara and Alex. And, and Kara has her. She's celebrating her Earth birthday. Happy Earth birthday to Kara. Uh, so what did everybody think about the Kara and Alex moments in this episode? Uh, Carly, what were your thoughts? Um, I like, I always like the Kara and Alex stuff. I feel like for me, their relationship is my one of my favorites in the whole show. Um, I think it was, it's interesting because now we're getting the, you know, the issue of Alex trying to juggle her new relationship with her old ones. Um, which I feel like is very true to real life. Like you start dating a new person and you kind of have to figure out how that fits in with the people like your friends and your family and balancing that. Um, so and also, I think Kara kind of needed the reassurance from Alex, too, because, you know, Alex has always been there for her, I think, almost at the cost of her own, like, health and happiness sometimes. Like, I think she sometimes is, she was so fixated on on being there for Kara and helping Kara, which is fine, but then some wouldn't always necessarily think of herself. Like, she was very selfless a lot of times. And so, I think... Alex kind of needed to find the happy medium between balancing like her sister relationship with her girlfriend. And then I think Kara kind of needed the reassurance that like, even though Alex is, you know, is with someone, she's still going to be around. It just might look a little different, which is fine. And I should mention that we have an email from a listener named Chelsea who asks, quote, what did you guys think about Alex initially choosing to go to the concert instead of spending Kara's Earth birthday with her? I thought that seemed pretty out of character considering that considering that just two episodes ago she tried to break up with Maggie because she wasn't paying enough attention to Kara when she disappeared. I guess I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on the way they're handling the Danvers sisters' relationship and the, and the Space Family stuff with John this season in general relative to the 
the emphasis placed on family as opposed to romance last season, unquote. So, um, so, Car- so Carly, since you mentioned, you touched on that a little bit, what do you think about that? Do you think um, that, that Alex, you know, her choosing to go to the concert instead of spending time with Cara, was that, was that out of character or, or, were you, or is that part of her choosing her own happiness? Well, I think initially in the scene where they're at the alien bar, like, so we learn that we learn in this episode that, that Cara and Alex have a tradition and I don't know if it's something that started with the Danvers family when she first arrived on earth, like if it was something that they did with Jeremiah and Eliza too, but they celebrate her earth birthday, which is basically the day that she arrived, the anniversary of the day that she arrived on earth. Yeah. And it seems like the tradition as it's, as it had been, it just involved Cara getting a cupcake. So she shows up, they're having the conversation at the alien bar and Cara's like, Oh, I was thinking maybe this year we could do some bigger stuff. And I think by that point, Alex had probably already been surprised, uh, with the tickets from Maggie figured, you know, was trying to, to, juggle both and and thought to herself i will i can go to the concert and like do a quick you know cupcake birthday with Kara like i usually do like she didn't realize that Kara decided to change the game plan for the first year and you know i don't know how long the tradition they said it was the 13th right 13th earth birthday yeah uh something like that yeah i think so it's been yeah it's been 13 years since Kara crashed on earth so i think she was trying to do both at the same time and didn't realize Kara had planned the whole day. Um, you know, and, and Kara even admits like she kind of made the decision spur of the moment to do the whole line dancing thing. Like she had just come up with it that morning. You know what I mean? So it was, it was unfortunately a perfect storm of Alex getting surprised first by Maggie and then by Kara and then being like, Oh no, I can't do both. Like I thought I was going to be able to. And then turns out she, can't doesn't even get to go to the concert (laughs) 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 because of the white martian um problem but so yeah i don't think i don't think she actively chose to go to the concert instead of doing the birthday stuff she thought at the time she was going to be able to do both you know have her cake and eat her have her cupcake i guess (laughs) um If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. And I wish I could see Cara Danvers line dancing. I wish we'd gotten to see that. <laughs> um, hopefully some some point in the future uh, she'll get to go for her her next Earth birthday. Um, Morgan, what did you think about that? What are, what are your thoughts on the, the Alex Cara Earth birthday uh, situation? Yeah, I think it was – I don't think it was I, it, out of character as much it was it was like – things are changing. She's got somebody else who's important in her life. And I, I didn't, uh, I think that Carly's right about the, it being it usually being more her earth birthday, usually being a more low key thing that doesn't involve line dancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, at first I kind of picked up that like, usually they do something. Um, but I didn't realize it probably is something like pretty small, like, you know, just having a cupcake and like probably watching the wire or something. <laughs> Um, <laughs> because they're always watching something. Um, but I, I mean, I thought it was really realistic. I feel like I've known so many people who have gotten into relationships and just kind of disappeared for a couple months 
and you just kind of have to expect that, um, especially when they're in a new relationship. And I think that that Alex has put Kara first a lot in in the past, and I think that she is now starting to say, you know, well, now I have to sort of put myself first. And I think even in some of the earlier episodes this season, she even admitted that, like, you know, putting you first kind of allowed me to ignore some things in my personal life. Um, right. So now yep. that she's... Now that she's actually like focusing more on her personal life, I think that the dynamic between the two sisters just necessarily has to change a little bit. And I think that that's always tough when you have like a more established dynamic and it, and it changes for whatever reason. I think that it would be unrealistic to not have Kara, even though she was, you know, throwing this whole line dancing idea out there so that she doesn't have to deal with like the whole Monel situation. I think even if it was just as simple as um, Alex going out on her Earth birthday, I think she would still have been hurt because I think anytime like one of those like established relationships changes in any way, like most people don't like change that much um, and they're not going to react well to it immediately. And I thought it was really realistic. I liked the way that they handled that. And I like the way that they always handle the Danvers sisters. I feel like there's it's it's such a realistic relationship. And there's, you know, it's not always easy, even though they love each other. And I thought it was nice that they sort of acknowledged that now that, you know, Alex is sort of living her life a little bit more and, and, and focusing a little bit more on her personal life it would make a little bit of sense that that car would get a little upset or feel like a little abandoned by that. Yeah. I, I identified a lot with Kara cause I've been in that situation before um, many times. So I was like, I know how that feels Kara to, to kind of deal with change. And I thought it was, I've been really proud of Kara this whole season because there have been a lot of situations that have pre- presented themselves that made her be brave with her feelings and how she would, was dealing with things and how she was dealing dealing with other people. And she had to be really honest. And sometimes that's really hard, I think, at least for me. Sometimes when you have to, like, kind of bear yourself, you know, and your feelings to someone else, that can be really hard. And so I've been really proud of Kara to be able to actually express those things. And, and she tells, uh, you know, she basically says to Alex and to the audience that, you know, change is scary for her. And I thought that 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 was actually kind of um, relatable, but also a little funny that like Supergirl fights these huge, you know, white Martian monsters and change is what's scary to her. Uh, But I thought that that was actually a very human trait for her to have that none none of us are good with change even if we're you know really cool people who kind of just roll with whatever change is going to be hard for you no matter what because nobody likes change so I did think that that was nice to have Kara actually have those emotions have those feelings and it was very deep for her I I really enjoyed getting to know why she felt that way on a deeper level she talks about how um, when she left Krypton, she was abandoned and she didn't want to be abandoned anymore. And how she, when she left Krypton, she didn't really fully realize that she would never get to go back and see her parents. And I thought, oh, that's really hitting it where her heart is. She, she really doesn't want to be abandoned again. And that was a very serious thing for her. I, I did think that when I was watching it, though, 
I was like, Maggie sort of missed an opportunity because I think if Maggie really wanted to score some brownie points, she could have just said, hey, why doesn't Cara take my ticket to the concert and y'all just go together? Like, I think Maggie sort of dropped the ball because I think that would have earned her, <laughs> earned her some points with Alex um, because that, that would have been a good way to kind of, you know, fix that whole tension. But I think it worked itself out in the end. I think, you know, the fact that Alex missed the concert, unfortunately, and they still got to have Earth Birthday Cupcake, I think it all worked out. And I like the little touch when Alex brought the cupcake over. She, <laughs> when Kara uh, blew out the candle, she was like, be gentle. Don't, don't be crazy with your super, <laughs> your super breath. Yeah, because her, her super breath could have really taken somebody out. So that's, that's something I, I didn't really fully think about when <laughs> Supergirl's got to blow out candles for cakes because uh, that could be really messy. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I really I, – it was hard to watch. Car, anytime Car and Alex have some sort of kerfluffle, it's hard for me to watch. So I'm <laughs> glad that they worked it out in the end. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and and so we sort of mentioned Monel a little bit. Kara had some some feelings she had to get out with that. W- what does everybody think about what's going on there? Um, Carly, do you have any thoughts? I had like a weird season one deja vu experience with um, the the last scene when Kara runs into Monel and uh, Tessmacher. I was like, you, you have to like say it correctly. It's Miss Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher. I felt like I, I, it was like a weird, but it was like a weird season one deja vu with James and Lucy for me. Like I was like, mm. she's going to find somebody to tell him she likes him. And then she runs into them with another girl. Um, and I didn't like the fact that Monel moved on so quickly. Like he, like it literally seems like, you know, well, I mean, it's again, we talk about the passage of time is kind of strange on this show. It did seem like at the beginning when she runs into him at the bar, she was like, I know our conversation, you know, was it the other the other day or whatever? Maybe it was like a week ago. So it's been I mean, it hasn't been that much time, maybe like a week, um, you know, for him to be like, well, you rejected me, so I'm moving on. And then he had that that line swipe right until you find the one. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Monel. But then it made me laugh because it reminded me of that conversation we had where we were joking about him using Tinder. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. He would. <laughs> he would. Well, and it's interesting. I w- almost wonder if, you know, because I, I know that sometimes people people do that thing where, like, if they get rejected by somebody that they have feelings for, their first impulse is to go, well, I didn't really like you that much anyway. And just try and like jump on somebody else. And so I almost wonder if that's what Monel's doing, like to try and, you know, be like, Oh, well, you know, you rejected me. So I didn't, but I didn't like you. That's fine. And then, you know, and then jump on someone else. And like, he, like he's in denial about how much the rejection hurt or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's definitely defensive. Like he's, he's trying to get over it because I think it really probably did hurt him a lot because he had to bear his soul to her and be honest about his feelings and then when he was kind of let down he had to figure out what to do with all that stuff so yeah i think that's that's a large part of that um morgan what what are your thoughts about this whole monel cara relationship drama yeah that's uh, i mean it, it's it's funny that carly uh pointed out the thing about the season one i didn't make that connection until she mentioned it but it is very similar like just the way that 
every time it felt like every time in season one that Kara was going to tell James how she felt like Lucy would just like pop up from like behind a desk or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, have you been here the whole time? <laughs> uh, and it was a lot like that. Like, you know, she's finally like, OK, I'm I you know, I I I I've been ignoring these feelings and I'm finally going to tell him and like, oh, uh oh, um, yeah, I mean. I, I didn't love the Monel stuff in this one, but um, but I'm I'm still willing to see where they're gonna go with it. Um, but I, I think I think it did make sense because I I do I feel like it, it's it it's at least it feels realistic that when you're trying to ignore something like that, you would go hard on like some other aspect of your life. So instead of being like, oh, I don't, it's fine. I don't have to like, I don't have to deal with this Monel thing. Me and my sister are going to go line dancing. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best day ever. <laughs> and like, you could see like when she's in the DEO a little bit later, um, and you can, and Wynn says that he's going to go do guardian stuff with James. Like you could see there was a moment before he said that, that she was going to be like, Hey, do you want to go line dance? <laughs> <laughs> <her down>. And like, <laughs> I feel like it, we were this close to getting her and, uh, and John line dancing. So I do regret that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, someone somebody needs to go line dancing with Kara. It is a priority for her. <laughs> Would someone please just go line dancing with her? <laughs> um, the only thing I was just gonna say really quick, the only thing that kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me was that Alex told Kara to like go for Monel because I was like, I thought Alex didn't like Monel, <laughs> so that's why it was weird to me. I was like, why would she tell Kara to like? maybe nope. Alex is just like you know what the heart wants what it wants <laughs> I can't explain it but <laughs> yeah it that there is a there's a change a shift in what's happening and maybe maybe Alex sees that Monel has changed a little bit like I thought it was a nice little touch that in the episode Monel is drinking club soda because that's what Kara drinks so I, I thought that was kind of a, a cute little thing fr- from his perspective um, and I did laugh about how Kara sort of gave Monel the "it's not you, it's me" speech, but she, but she said it like, "It's not your job, it's the way you are." Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. Like she she did it completely wrong. Yes. It was like, "It's not you, it's a hundred percent your personality." Though <laughs> yeah. she did like a Michael Scott to Toby thing. She was like, "I yes. so much about the way you choose to be." <laughs> You're like, Whoa, Kara, that's not what you meant to say properly. That is not letting him down easily. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I did really appreciate one of my favorite things about the episode was the final shot because it had it has Kara walking out after being sort of disappointed seeing Monel and Miss Desmoger. And when she when she gets that di- <laughs> when she gets that disappointment she walks around the corner and then it start. it kind of transitions, uh, into a, a slow motion shot. And I just, I was very impacted by that because I just, you know, I could feel like her sadness and her disappointment. And I, I really liked that, even though it was kind of a downer note to end the episode on, I, I thought that was nice. I, it was a, that was a nice choice. Um, okay, so what are our, our overall thoughts about this episode? Uh, Carly, what, what did you think about this as a whole? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Were you confused? 
Were you flabbergasted? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I think the scenes in the DEO where they had to have all their little heart-to-heart moments were really good. Also, the creepiness of being in the DEO on lockdown and how all the lights were not working. I also liked the tension, the little bit of tension between uh, Kara and Wynn over the whole Guardian thing. I thought that was kind of nice. They had a little bit of a bickering moment. There was, you know, I think it was supposed to be kind of funny. It made me laugh. There was because I think Carr at one point says, "I thought you were going to be busy with all your guardianing." <laughs> yeah, that's hard, that's hard to say. Guardian, right? Guardianing, which I guess, like, man, she's really mad at James because he wasn't even in the episode yep. this week. <laughs> um, dismissed. Dismissed. But no, it was it was really good. We had some good Danvers sister moments. Um, I don't really know what they're doing with Monel, to be honest. It still feels kind of confusing to me. <laughs> like I, so I kind of almost feel like Kara doesn't know what she wants, really. Like she's still really confused. And then I'm like, but then Alex tells her that she needs to go, and she goes. But I'm like, does she really? I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I don't know if it's how Melissa Benoist is playing it. Maybe she's playing kind of more of a confusion there. Um, so I, I remain neutral on the Monel front. I am Switzerland. <laughs> Morgan, what are your overall thoughts about this episode? I liked this one a lot. I thought it was a good, uh, a good bottle episode. And I found myself, it's, it's funny. Um, you mentioned, you know, for bottle episodes, usually you think that's the one where they're, um, saving the budget. But now I think maybe they needed this one to be a bottle episode because they spent so much on like FX and special effects and, <laughs> and destroying all those monitors. Uh, <laughs> that's going to cost you. Uh, you're only getting one location after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was good. It was, it was creepy. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of emotional moments. I'm sad that we lost Megan. Uh, I thought she was a good character and I would have liked to see more of her but i think this was a great episode for her uh, to go out on i think it was a really nice note for that character to leave so oh and there was so much martian manhunter which i always enjoy yeah he was great in this episode and so was she lots of good martian stuff yeah i, I thought this was a, a fantastic episode it uh had a lot of great action sequences and i, I think you mentioned that it was creepy it had it had a real creepy vibe with all the the uh, like the web things that somehow the Martians created and things were dark and people were not who they thought they were. And so that was really cool. And I liked actually my comic book nerd in me really liked being introduced uh, to Armic, who is a is a new comic book character for me. I didn't know who he was before this, but um, he actually is in the comics. His first appearance was JLA number one from January 1997. He is a white Martian in that. And um, I thought it was, uh, so he's, he's part of this uh, super team called the Hyper Clan, and they cause a whole bunch of trouble. And I thought it was really funny when I looked him up. The way he goes out is that the Flash trapped Armek in a ring of candles, enabling Green Lantern the chance to knock him out with a ring-generated 16-ton counterweight i was like that's a good way to go out um that sounds really um that sounds very 
uh, drastic and uh, not violent, but I mean, if you got to go out, that's a good way to go out with the Green Lantern um, <laughs> knocking you out. Uh, so <laughs> I thought that was really cool to get to know a, a new comic book character for myself. And I, I love what they're doing with Kara in terms of showing her by herself a little bit. I know that that's kind of, that might be a weird thing to say um, because we see her with everyone else all the time. And so it, for me, it's nice to see what Kara's like when it's just her, when she's just kind of at home by herself. So like we talked about how when she's with Alex, she's, you know, they're like eating ice cream or pizza and been binge watching some TV show that they, that they love together, um, whether it be Homeland or The Wire or whatever. And when Kara's by herself, she likes to watch classic film. And I just, that, that makes me so happy. And I, I had to get some, some people on Twitter uh, were helping me out with this because I couldn't figure out which movie she was watching this week. And um, it turns out it's uh, a movie called Anti-Mame from 1958. So I'm definitely going to have to hunt that one down. I'm ashamed of myself because I've never seen it. But a lot of people I know enjoy it. So I, I'm going to have to catch that one. But I, I just think that's a neat little, just a little, a small character bit that we get out of Kara that I, that's very endearing to me that she would be at home, you know, kind of drowning her sorrow in, in an old movie. I, I think she has such an old soul. I find that so relatable. Um, so I enjoy that a lot. So it's a good episode. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about The Martian Chronicles. Uh, at Kenny Creeley says, one of the best of season two so far. At Chris Fendelinski says, can we just have a whole episode of the Danvers Sisters? I'd really like that. My second that. Yes. Road trip. Mm-hmm. We got to do yes. like an Adventures of Supergirl. Uh, yes. Adaptation. Oh my God. That'd be so good. That would be good. Dan- Danvers Sisters road trip. Uh, at Mary No Lamb says, loved Alex in this episode. She has such a big heart, never wanting to disappoint those she loves. It's true, though. It's so true. <laughs> that's that's the thing, I think. Like, Alex, Alex cares so much about people, almost to a fault. Like, she, like, she'll bend over backwards for people. And I really, and I really think, you know... Morgan, the point that you made earlier in the in the podcast was really great about how she was part of, you know, part of her realization that, you know, she was gay was because she was so worried about Kara for so long and putting her needs first ahead of her own and repressing feelings and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, ah, it's true. I love Alex. Oh, Alex is the best. Alex is the best. Uh, at Seal Sand says, no thanks, I'm armed. Kara's best line. <laughs> have, I mentioned, <laughs> have I mentioned how much I love my new gun? Alex's best line. Yeah, yeah I'd like that to. That was such a great line. Yeah, I like that no thanks, I'm armed because somebody like was going to give Supergirl a gun. It's like, if she doesn't need that. She doesn't need a gun. It's fine. She's got heat vision and super strength. I think she's going to be okay. At Ivan Erpt says, more Supergirl on Supergirl. <laughs> Which I love that username, by the way. As a that is a great one. Winona Earp fan. Yay. Yay. Uh, at Chia the Bard says, loved it, but OMG, Melissa's face at the end. At Danvers Co. says, everything is better with no James and minimal Monel. Needs more Maggie, <laughs> though. <laughs> 
at Head Pine says, Sanvers continues to send me to the dentist, but I think it's time we got some Maggie backstory and storyline. Hashtag bring McGann back. At Canaries Queen says, good episode. Needed more Monel and Caramel because they're my favorite parts about the show. At TV Freak in a Box says, I have a big problem that all of Cara's reactions this episode were reduced to, but maybe you did this because Monel. Uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui says, I really didn't like Alex's attitude this episode. Do you think McGann is gone for good? Thank God Lena is back next week. I think I think I think we'll see McGann again. I you know it, you can always bring her back for some reason. I I don't think this is the last we've ever we've seen of her. Uh, at Meggers says, love McGann. Sad that she's leaving for some reason. Actor commitments maybe. Glad she got this episode's A story. At Kalukas says, great fight scenes and loved evil Win and Alex. Sad to see McGann go. Yeah, we didn't talk about that too much in terms of their performances as the evil counterparts, but they, <laughs> they did do a, a, a really good job, I thought. Evil yeah. Win was so funny to me. He was like, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and evil Alex was like, uh, what did she say about how, like, you know, I was tired of listening to your your silly little thoughts or whatever. And I was You're just whining like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was she, like, yeah. Geez. she was whining. Uh, at Isaiah Stevens says, I wanted more Monel, but the Jean McGann stuff was well done. Plus, the Lego ending was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had a lot of promotional tie-ins with the uh, Lego Batman movie, which was really fun. I don't know. Did y'all see the little commercial they had with the little Lego? Um, yeah, I did. Figures yeah, I did. It's so cute. It was mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, Batman thinks that CW stands for Kryptonian woman. So obviously, <laughs> right. obviously, he doesn't know Kryptonese. That's not that's not how you spell Kryptonian with a K. Get it together. Get it together. You're supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Get it together. Uh, at TV Freak in a Box says, Agent Vasquez is back, but only because we needed another IT person while Wynn was incapacitated. Uh, at Rantasma one says sad to see McGann leave glad to see Agent Vasquez Uh, at Patty Mello 20 says such an emotional episode I don't like Monel but I hate seeing Cara sad I want her to be happy at least Vasquez was back (laughs) everybody's loving Agent Vasquez this week (laughs) lots lots of Vasquez fans Um, at Madtown Davidson says, I don't care who, but someone better take Cara Country Line Dancing next week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so we, last podcast, we put out a call for positive Monel comments. We asked, um, you guys to explain why you guys liked Monel if you were big fans. And we got some tweets from listener at best of lost cast on Twitter. Um, they wrote, um, Monel is a regular on the show, so it's no surprise that he'll get a storyline this season, just like James and Alex. What I do like about the addition of his character is that his screen time gives both Kara and Monel character development. It's wonderful to see Supergirl being the one to train someone, as this is not often seen in other shows, that a strong female character is the one to inspire and train someone else. Last season, it was more like Kara's Supergirl uh, get, was getting inspiration and wisdom from people around her but what i like about this season is that Kara is the one who inspires others and gives them hope to do good Kara brings out a better side of monel and ex- and inspires him he's not perfect he's still learning everyone makes mistakes but i feel like deserves to be given a chance 
Yeah, that's a good point because Kara has been the one to step up and, and try to help him, help Monel figure out if he wants to be a hero, how, if he wants to be a hero, how does he do that? So it is nice to see a different aspect of Supergirl this season in terms of she's now confident in who she is, and now she's trying to share her wisdom and the things that she's learned with someone else. So I think that is one of the things that I do like about the, the mon character. So I think that's a great point. And I think it's also a fair point. I think we see a lot of, we don't see a lot of uh, like female characters being like the mentor for like a male character. I feel like that's kind of rare. So I can definitely appreciate that perspective on it. And what I thought was really cool when we got this tweet from at Best of Lost Cast, it made me really happy because it was a Lost fan as well. So (laughs) getting a tweet from someone about Supergirl and then connecting to someone about another one of the things that, you know, another TV show that I loved. I just I, I was just like kind of reflecting in a real sappy way about how this is what I wish the Internet was like all the time where like. Or even in real life where you connect with someone over something that you may disagree with about one show, and then you find out, hey, we both love this thing over here. And so I I just thought that that was such an awesome internet moment for me because I think that that shows that even if you disagree with some somebody over a certain thing, you can connect with somebody over something else. So um, I, I just, I, I kind of, I was like, this is this is good stuff. This is what the <laughs> internet should be. Right. This is how I wish most conversations on the internet went. I mean, I think, I think I appreciated this because we ended up, I think we ended up both talking to this listener about, uh, Supergirl stuff and lost stuff. Um, and, and it made points that I hadn't really considered. And I appreciated that. Cause I think, you know, I think I would agree with you. I think sometimes when people don't agree on things, it's easy to, just kind of spout off like, Oh, I don't like this because of this and this and this rather than just listening to like what somebody else likes about it and being open to their perspective. And even if you still don't completely agree with them on things, at least kind of being like, okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. And there's, there's probably going to be something that you connect with about something. I mean, you're going to be able to Mm -hmm. find some kind of common ground with somebody if you are willing to be open and and listen to that other person. So yeah, that was a, that was a good interaction. Um, I I thought, so thank you for tweeting in about that at best of lost cast. Great. Twitter has a lot of awesome (laughs) lost stuff. Uh, so it's good to know (laughs) that you exist. Um, and we also received an email from a listener named Davey who accepted our Mon challenge writing, quote, every good superhero needs a foil slash mirror image, someone who reflects who they are and can be, used to explore aspects of their character that might conflict with the way that they themselves or the people around them see them. And for me, Monel fills that role for Cara Danvers in a way that isn't really covered in the comics. His selfishness is a direct contrast to her selflessness but at the same time allows the writers to explore what it might look like if she weren't as intentionally selfish as she is most of the time. Additionally, including him also means that we get the dynamic of the mentor slash protege that often comes up with regards to Superman and Supergirl just in reverse. I also like the character because I find the notion that he's not entirely who he said 
He is to be an intriguing and an interesting narrative device that offers up the potential for some really cool storytelling, unquote. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's an awesome point in terms of kind of comparing their dynamic to Superman and Supergirl. And now Supergirl is kind of the Superman to his Supergirl in a way. Um, I like that. And I like the idea, the, the thought of the mirror image and uh, showing what, like Monel is the example of what Kara would be if she wasn't so selfless. So I think that's a that's a cool way to look at that, Davy. We have another email from Kayla who writes, "I like Monel because he reminds me of myself in some ways. He's in this new place all alone, starting over where he has to adjust to life and figure out what's right and what's wrong while moving on from his past and trying to decide what he wants to do with his life in the future. He's also funny and hides his emotions with humor like I do. He's not selfish anymore. He cares about others. He sacrificed his life already for other people, and he's already a hero for that in my book. Sure, he's still got things to work on, but no one's perfect, not even Kara. He also brings out a side of Kara I really like that no one else does. I love his character development this season. Can't wait to see more and find out about who he was on Daxum and who's hunting him and why. Uh, we also got some tweets about Monel. Uh, as soon as I can scroll up um we got one from at the lark forever who says monel is compassionate sweet charming adorable powerful protective funny and at times naive um and at krypton x daxum i'm gonna guess that's a shipper <laughs> uh said monel is uh, portrayed by chris wood so what's not to like uh he's funny cute and has had good character development and uh, since we shared some Monel thoughts, I thought I would also try to uh, share some positive Guardian slash James the Groman Olsen thoughts because I, I, I feel <laughs> like I've been ragging him a lot this season, and and maybe you Rebecca know, James James was the mask though Guardian is the real one. Oh okay okay <laughs> yeah. I feel bad about kind of, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe not being as fair as I could um, because uh, I had a, a friend slash a Supergirl radio listener at M. Miller Techview who uh, shared some thoughts with me about <laughs> what I've been saying about James. Um, he said, quote, on the podcast, you mentioned James has never done anything heroic outside from being Guardian. Last season, James saved those people in the elevator shaft when the earthquake happened. Also, he has helped Supergirl many times, even on his own. He snuck into Maxwell Lord's place with Wynn as backup in very much the same way he is doing this season. Kara was also aware of them at the time as well, unquote. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think that that comment makes me... Um, it makes me think of what I wish I could see more of in season two, because I liked James in season one. I thought it was awesome that he was going on, you know, and doing these things as just a human who was just an everyday person who was doing these extraordinary things. And I think that that's what made him so heroic in season one. So I guess for me, it would be nice to have a balance of getting to see him fight bad guys as guardian while also doing some of those kind of average heroic things at CatCo. So, um, but I, I really appreciated those thoughts and I just wanted to share and, and give a, a fair coverage of Guardian and, um, and let that uh, be a positive comment for him since we're, since we're trying to go outside of ourselves a little bit uh, <laughs> this episode and hear everybody else's thoughts about things that we're not as crazy about this season. Um, but I think those are some, some great thoughts and uh, thank you guys for sharing those with us. 
Hey, Rebecca, Carly, and Morgan. Hope you all are doing well. This was a great episode. Great to see everyone in a confined space dealing with a villain. It was really edge of your seat, great action, great effects as well. There was great character drama. It was nice to see more of the progression of the relationship between Alex and Kara. You can never get enough of that. And, yeah, I really liked this episode. One thing, though, I was that sort of kept me fidgety a little bit throughout it was the sort of notion of a romance between Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian. In the comics, they have a uncle and niece relationship, no romance whatsoever. This felt really weird in the episode. It was nice to see the relationship, and I saw Carly tweet saying, hey, I see them as just being really good friends and nothing romantic. I really hope it's that, and I was really relieved to not to see them kiss. But overall, I would give it like 9 out of 10. Really great episode. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, so we touched on that a little bit about the kind of relationship status uh, between uh, Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian. And I, I will say that it did make me... Uh, a little bit uncomfortable because I am so used to the younger version of Miss Martian and the sort of like uncle niece type kind of relationship instead of like a, a full blown romantic relationship. But I could be open to it if that's the way that they want to go with it. And I sort of interpreted it. I know, Carly, you think that maybe it's just like a really close friendship. I, the way he was talking to her about how like, you're beautiful and brave and all this kind of stuff. And they were talking about how close they were. It did sort of seem like they were wanting to go in a romantic direction. So even though if they, it makes me a little <laughs> squiggly a little bit, um, I could, I could be open to it if that's what they choose to do. Yeah. I think that's one of the unfortunate byproducts of aging up the character and having there be less of an age difference than there is in the comics. Because, you know, if he if it had been a if it had been a younger actress and maybe he would have said stuff like, oh, like, I think you're beautiful and you're brave. And like it, you know, it could it wouldn't maybe necessarily been perceived in a romantic light. But since there's less of an age gap, maybe that's why it kind of had undertones. I don't know. I think that might be one of the reasons, though. And the fact that the show was like, do we ship it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed like they had some intentionality behind that. So we'll have to see if she comes back, if they if they do anything with that. Well, uh, thanks to everybody for writing in and tweeting and uh, calling and leaving voicemails. Uh, thank you all for your listener feedback. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so check out our playlist. And we have... We have some bare naked ladies up there. I, 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 thought, I, I thought that that was uh, very appropriate that we uh, we add some B and L to the playlist since that was it was kind of part of a plot line in this episode. Yeah. So that seemed very <laughs> very fitting to put some bare naked ladies. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc fans. 
I feel like I've just been ever since they started talking about bare naked ladies on the show. I've just been in in my head, just randomly going like, "It's been." <laughs> oh my god! I know, no, I know. It's been all day. Just that part. Just that part, though. And I, then I, was like, it, it, I, yeah, I never get further in then than that part. <laughs> I made it my personal headcanon that like Alex probably trolls Maggie, trying to get one week stuck in her head, like. <laughs> so they're just sitting there, and Alex is looking at Maggie, and Maggie's like, "Don't do it, Danvers." It's very, it's very easy to do. I don't don't think it would take a lot. (laughs) You don't even have to do anything. You literally just go, it's been, and then the other person's like, no. And and even, even in the episode when Wynn is talking about how, like, I can't believe it's just been one night. It feels like it's been a week. And and Alex is like, it's been. (laughs) (laughs) And like runs out. (laughs) Then she goes, one week. No. <laughs> that was good. Uh, anyway, back to plugs. <laughs> We're available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. Thanks to Koa Mom 3 who left us a review on iTunes. You know who else is on iTunes? Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> So, yeah. If you want to download some Bare Naked Lady songs, <laughs> you can go to iTunes. If you want to listen to the rest of the song after it's been. <laughs> I'm just going to rate you at random intervals. <laughs> <sighs> um, and we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV shows, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. I was going to reword that, wasn't I? I, That's that's a goal that I I need to figure out a way to not have you say (laughs) DC TV or podcast so much. I feel like I can. I, I, that I think that's. Way. I think that's the challenge. I think that's my Mount Everest is just that <laughs> DC TV podcast like so many times in a row. That, that is quite. A, I'm now that I'm looking at it, that that probably could be reworded somehow. We'll we'll, fi- we'll fix that. <laughs> um, well, you can personally follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D E R B Y K I D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, that's T H E D E R B Y K I D. You can also find videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can follow me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. I am on Tumblr casually. Uh, (laughs) I I basically just reblog a lot of fandom gifs and things that I think are pretty like fun fan graphics. Everybody's so talented. That's the one thing I'm like, look at all these pretty graphics people make of my favorite characters. I have um, to I have to say and tell you, Carly, that ever since I've been following you on Tumblr, my Tumblr dashboard has been way more interesting <laughs> because of the things that you've been reblogging. So I appreciate that. I'm not that active, but I try to follow a lot of like, I try to just share a lot of gifts from shows that I watch and like fun fan graphics. So if you want to follow me on Tumblr, I'm at Favoritings. Um, I am currently writing over at Nerdist and Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm looking at Tumblr right now, actually. And I'm, get- <laughs> I'm actually getting ready to, as we speak, I'm reblogging a gift set of Melissa Benoist and Kyler Lee. 
We're going to do that right now. They're adorable. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can find some of my writing on Buddy TV. And uh, I'm also a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So you should check that out because uh, it's been fun this season on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, it sounds like y'all are enjoying it this season much more than you did in season one. From my limited yeah, yeah, knowledge of the show. <laughs> it, it has been much improved uh, from season one. So if you were watching in season one, you were like, eh, I would recommend giving our podcast another try. Uh, you can watch the show or not watch the show, but you should definitely listen to our podcast. <laughs> that, should, that should be the tagline for the Legend of Tomorrow podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You should adopt that as an official tagline. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch that to our to my other co-host. You should you should you should make that happen. Well, if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane, and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And I think we should get some cupcakes and some club soda, and wish Cara Danvers a happy <laughs> Earth birthday. Central on the CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Luthers. Or, if you will, Luthors. Um, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, the official description reads, quote, After Metallo breaks out of prison and frees Lillian Luther, the police blame Lena for his escape and arrest her. Despite overwhelming evidence, Kara refuses to believe her friend is guilty and fights to clear Lena's name. Flashbacks reveal how Lena became a Luther. And meanwhile, Alex and Maggie celebrate their first Valentine's Day together, unquote. So um, I don't know about anybody else, but just the fact that this is titled Luther's has me very excited. Um, so Carly, what is ex- most exciting to you about this episode description? Yes, Luther's. Also, <laughs> Metallo's back. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Um, I like that it sounds like we're going to see more of uh, a deeper friendship between Kara and Lena. Um, based on the trailer, it sounds like even though other people are kind of questioning why she's friends with Lena, Kara is still... You know, typical Kara. She always wants to see the good in people. So, which is why we love her. Um, and I'm excited Lena's back. I missed her. <laughs> yeah, great. we haven't seen her in a while. 
right? And and we're getting Happy Valentine's Day shenanigans with Sanvers. So that's good. I know a lot of people are excited about that. <laughs> Apparently there's a really cute teaser photo with the two of them. And Alex has oh, like yeah. a corsage on. And I'm like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> What I think is funny, you mentioned how everybody is kind of questioning Kara and Lena's friendship. And I just thought it was funny in the description that uh, despite overwhelming evidence, Kara <laughs> refuses to believe her friend is guilty. And I just kept thinking, like, Kara, there's there's overwhelming evidence. That means there are a lot of things that are pointing her to this crime. You should maybe look at it as a reporter. You should maybe consider the evidence. So uh, I, I guess we'll have to see what evidence is... Uh, pointing towards Lena and and why Kara <laughs> doesn't want to even look at that. So I guess we'll see um, why she does that. Uh, Morgan, what are you most excited about for this episode? I'm excited about everything. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like if you were like, what is your ideal Supergirl episode? <laughs> this would be it. <laughs> like, there. first of all, there's no Monel or James in this description. Um, probably they're in the episode. Episode, but in this description, they're not. Uh, it's all Kara and Lena and Luther's and like the the gray area between good and evil. And also, Sanvers are on a, a Valentine's Day date. This is like if you wrote an episode from my brain, this would be this episode. <laughs> so I'm really excited for it. Also, yeah, seriously, where has Lena been? Uh, like forever, she's been. <laughs> she hasn't popped up for for what feels like a million years. So I'm really excited that she's going to be back. And it sounds like we're getting Lily and Luther back. So, I mean, all good things. I'm, well, I'm all about that Luther life. <laughs> Hashtag Luther life. Um, well, I assume Lena's been running her company. She's got a company to run. So she's, she's, she's yeah, I mean, she's got some stuff to do. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's got things to do. Um, she can't just sit around. She's She's got a business to run. Um, what I thought was really interesting, I didn't catch it upon first seeing the promo, but um, one of our listeners at Mark HBPWM um, actually pointed it out to me when I, when I first kind of realized this. But um, there is a suit that looks a, an awful like uh, Lex Luthor's war suit, which is like the purple and green armored suit that he sometimes wears in the comics. And that was featured in the promo. So I am very curious about that because uh, in Cosmic Adventures in the 8th grade, which hopefully we'll be able to cover on Supergirl Radio at some point, maybe during the hiatus. I don't know. There's like I have a million plans for our summer hiatus. So hopefully we won't be able to squeeze it in. But in that comic, maybe she does it in other issues and other comics, but Lena actually wears that war suit like a variation on Lex Luthor's purple and green war suit in Cosmic Adventures in the 8th grade so I would love to see Lena wear that at some point I I think you know that would be really cool if Lena like went to the dark side joined her mom in the dark side and put on that suit and fought Supergirl that would be pretty awesome but I'm not going to get my hopes up but I thought that was a cool homage in the uh, trailer. And we also had another speculation that I thought we should share in the spoiler section. I didn't want to put this in the, the other part of our episode this week, but we have an email from Kristen who, who wrote, uh, quote, I noticed in the trailer for next week's Luther's episode, it looked like Guardian was fighting Metallo. 
I know that in Young Justice, Guardian was the head of security for Cadmus. So here's my prediction slash question. Will Guardian be captured by Cadmus and be offered powers and thus lead him lead to him working for Cadmus? I feel like that argument between Kara and James was a premonition that there will be a face-off between them at some point. I'm wondering if James will be seduced by the idea to be more powerful just to prove Kara wrong. Unquote. So I don't know. That's a pretty good speculation, Kristen. I don't mm. know. I don't know. That's that's a that's a real juicy speculation. I, I don't know. I I I didn't mean anything is possible. Hopefully James will um, stay on the side of good. But that would be interesting, though, to see what would happen if Guardian went up against Supergirl. That would be. That would be that would give Carly all the angst that she she could need, <laughs> right? And it would also be interesting if this kind of this this theory falls in line with one of our other listeners' theories from last week, where they they considered the possibility that James could get killed off. Mm. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Could be. I feel like that would be mm. a really juicy storyline. Uh, I don't know if they would go if they would go that far, but I I don't know. I'd kind of I'd kind of be into it. I feel like it would be it'd be interesting to see James grown man Olsen go through a moral crisis. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good pull from Young Justice, though. I admire that. I admire that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's going to do it for our spoiler section. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.